Boston, from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh, and that is Matt Presti, if you guys did not know. A guest from a while back on Conversations on the Fringe. And this is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, live with you Monday through Thursday. Uh, we are live with you Monday, Wednesday, Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 or 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communism and totalitarianism ushering their way into American society and civilization. The destruction of our social, our cultural, our institutional, our academic, our political domains through infiltration instead of invasion and the hijacking of our society through various different types of, well, scared factors, I guess is what you would want to call them. And uh, today is interesting because they, they ended the COVID emergency today. And uh, we're going to be talking about something very, very interesting tonight. We're going to be talking about the weaponization of food. Um, we're going to get into the news and uh, also a little while later. But first, we're going to talk to the Matt uh, here about the weaponization of food. And hopefully we can get uh, Missouri Representative Holly. Um, what's it? Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Holly Jones. Jones. Yep. Smith. I'm thinking Smith. Holly Jones. Right. Joining. Uh, we're waiting for her to jump in. If she does jump in, great. We'll have a conversation and talk about the bill that she has on the Missouri House floor to help protect American citizens in Missouri. Um, but listen, guys, this is the real deal. And we've been warning against this for years since the vaccine started rolling out. Matt, for anybody who doesn't know the background of who Matt is, what Matt does, he's a, a <coughs> excuse me, still got a little cough. Meta scientist, musician, patriot, philosopher, poet, practitioner of the universal law, natural science, and living philosophy. He is also the um, the former head of the Walter Russell Foundation from January first, two thousand fifteen, to August tenth, two thousand twenty-one. He's the current CEO of Universal Power LLC, volunteer firefighter, and also does his own stuff on the side. Matt. Great to have you, man. And you reached out to me about this. I'd already seen Tom Rentz's information about this. We were already pushing the word out there. But please tell me, we get a little feedback there. But please tell me what's going on here in Missouri and, and explain to the audience what, what is happening. Because this isn't occult or this isn't Walter Russell we're talking about here. This is talking about probably the lives of, of millions of Americans that can be affected by what's happening. So please, you got the floor, my friend. Well, thanks, Josh. It's a pleasure to be back on the airwaves with you and uh, some great work you're doing out there. Well, aside from the work I've done on the esoteric side of the, the world, of information. I'm also a patriot through and through. Um, in 2020, I threw a rally for celebrating the First and Second Amendment and uh, a stop the steal, so to speak, at the courthouse where I live. And uh, it was a major good turnout. You know, we had a lot of uh, supporters there. So it runs in my blood, the red-bloodedness of the American patriot lifestyle. Something I'm truly uh, supportive of, fond of, and, and want to see you know, some justice come back for us, the people, if you will. Mm -hmm. So when I found out about the House Bill 1169, it's basically a bill that is requiring la mandatory labeling for mRNA 
injections of cows, pigs, so that beef and pork that we buy on our supermarket shelves here in Missouri are properly labeled. And the sponsor of that bill is Holly Jones. She's a representative in the state of Missouri in from Eureka, Missouri. And um, she sponsored it. I believe Tom Renz was the author of it. I'm not 100% sure. But currently, the last update I got was that the bill is stuck in committee. And some information in the PDFs that we'll show here in a little bit tells people how they can get uh, a hold of the people that are holding that up, the chairman, for instance, and others. But um, basically what it requires is that the, the packaging have clear labeling as to what contains these mRNA gene-altering and gene-modifying uh, chemical substances so that people have a choice, uh, much like GMO or non-GMO labeling. You know, you want to know what's in your food. And really it's as we all know, veteran researchers and otherwise, even people new to this, people who are the purebloods out there who resisted the pressure of COVID vaccines also know that, you know, as much as they wanted to get it into our bloodstream, they just weren't able to, even with their entire media machine, their entire propaganda mind control network, were unable to get at least one third of the United States population to be vaccinated. So the good thing about that is, um, at least there's that third. But the bad thing is that now they're because of that, they're sneaking it in through the food supply. And one of the great things that Tom Renz did was, you know, take you back in the past into even the 90s where he showed that, you know, there's papers and, and research that's been funded. And, and this all circles around putting, you know, basically vaccines into the food supply. So if they can't vaccinate you with the needle, they're going to do it with the food supply. And that's a horrifying thought, at least, you know, something I had intended to do was take a break from social media. I lasted a week and then this issue came across my desk and I'm like, I got to get back into it. So here I am and, and sharing that. And I'm, I'm a fellow Missourian. They call me the wild man from Missouri, you know, and uh, it's what I do. I just, you know, I support patriot movement in Missouri and the autonomy of the individual and just everything that, that keeps our liberty and freedom alive. And this is one of those issues. Uh, and it is, and it's a dire issue because Missouri cattle, Missouri livestock don't just feed Missouri. And that's one thing for people to understand is these cattle are go all over the country, at least the Midwest. And that if this is happening in Missouri, this is happening in your state as well. And the technology is actually what they're doing is they're taking that, those lipid nanoparticles, they're, they're injecting this into the beef. It spreads out and acts as a delivery system and you ingest it. And they're actually not going to even stop there. They're even talking about putting it in various different types of, of, of crops as well genetically altering these crops to deliver vaccines specifically for human beings. And Correct. this is a massive attack on our supply chain, on our food. Um, this is forcing this vaccine down your throat. Just, I mean, you know, here's the thing is there's people who have natural allergic reactions to just regular vaccines. And what happens when this isn't identified prior to that? People are going to go to anaphylactic shock. People are going to have Gideon Beret. We're going to, we're going to see all different types. 
And I mean, if you guys were ever concerned about mass genocide of American culture or American society or even humanity at large, th this is it. This is literally what is at stake right now. We have to stop the injection of our food system with these mRNA vaccines. That's correct. I mean, it's this is really a line in the sand for a lot of people. And I think getting the word out to you know, not only writing your representatives, but the word out to your friends and family. It seems to me a lot of the people in the rural areas are a bit more strong-minded about this issue. Um, obviously, a lot of people got out of the cities during the COVID lockdowns and things like that. So um, basically, we want to talk about solutions, things that people can do to be proactive, you know, get involved with your local chapters and, you know, of church, of politics. There's lots of things in your own city, your own city council, your, you know, there's so many things government organized, organizational wise that you can get involved with and let your voice be heard. But this is one of those lines in the sand, I think, because everybody needs to eat. You know, everybody goes to the store. I see a lot of friends of mine I know at the store. And so this is going to be an opportunity to talk to them as well. Um, my wife signed up for Azure Standard recently, which delivers uh, wholesome food, non-GMO food, things like that. And a coordinator gets people together and we gather at a semi-truck trailer and we unload everything. All the people that make an order are responsible for unloading the truck. And that includes frozen stuff. And it's all natural. Everything's organic and even the cleaners they sell. So uh, I took the opportunity this past Saturday sorry, past Thursday to ask everybody for their attention. And I communicated what was going on in that parking lot to some 30 people. And many of them wrote and called their, their uh, representatives, in fact, got a hold of uh, Hallie Jones's office and got some links and information that I put into these documents. But these are things you can do, you know, just be proactive people because, you know, at the grassroots level, really is the way we're going to beat this thing. And we need to be yeah. extremely proactive if we're going to make a dent in this machine of death. Well, you can say that again. I mean, one thing that we've been talking about here in the Red Pill Project, and I find it interesting that just recently the uh, the DHS documents that just came out are now labeling the term Red Pill as extreme. <laughs> I saw that today. So we might be in for a rebranding, but... Uh, one thing that we've been talking about is organization is getting people out there and organizing within the community and discussing really how to do that. Like, you know, going down to the American Legion or going down to the local pub or bar or, or putting flyers at the grocery store, whatever it might be and holding town meetings. Like, you know, this Friday, 8 PM, you know, we're, we're buying drinks. I got a, you know, 200 bucks worth of drinks. First come first serve. And, you know, people come in and they just have to listen to you for 20 minutes, discuss what the heck is actually happening. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this is what needs to go on. People need to start jump joining in on Twitter spaces, blowing the whistle on these types of things. Join, join the woke Twitter spaces too, and, and start talking about this. Cause what's going to happen is you're going to concern people. People are going to be like, wait a minute there. Why are they putting this stuff in my, my food? Why? Well, mm -hmm. well this isn't a good idea. And so, this is all about community organization at this point. We are now at that point where if we do not organize at that local communal level, our society is going to be ripped apart to pieces. And we've been talking about this of the Red Pill Preppers is going out there and, and finding a rancher, right? Finding a farmer, 
finding these people and saying, Hey, look, you know, if stuff starts declining, can I start sourcing from you? And what will you accept in the sense of trade and barter? If the system goes to crap, I mean, can you exchange gold, silver? Do you want tobacco? Do you want alcohol? What is it? And I'll, I'll stock up on it. So I know I have a, a supply of grass fed beef coming in. Mm-hmm. Right. And these are the types of things that we need to be negotiating in these community meetings as well, because it, it's coming to the point where they are going to try to contaminate every bit of the American food supply. We know that they're coming after water next. This is going to be the big next war is water. And just think what happens when they're able to take these lipid nanoparticles and add them to the water supply. It'll be like fluorinating water, people. That's how bad this potentially could get. And I don't even want to talk about the response that people I know will start taking against this. Because you're going to find a lot of dead cattle, a lot of dead pigs, because that's mm. what people are going to start doing when they start do- implementing this. And, and I believe that the implementation of the mRNA vaccines into the livestock is happening this month. Yeah, and that's interesting. One of the links I sent, uh, Tom Rents did a post recently from, mm-hmm. from testimony from a guy in the Cattlemen's Association of Missouri who in his one minute, 11 seconds, he actually admits that he's already put the MRNA two shots worth in his cows that he recently sold. Yeah. If you want to run that clip, we can check that out real quick. We got to make sure the audio is on. So let me grab the audio. Sure thing. All right, let's run this clip. Mr. Chairman, Shannon Cooper tonight representing the uh, Missouri Cattlemen's Association. I'll try and speed this up. Uh, I am not a doctor. I have flunked out, been kicked out, or dropped out of every major institution of higher education in the state of Missouri. This is probably one of the most poorly drafted pieces of legislation I've seen this session. Any entity that produces, that's my members, that sells, that's my members, or distributes a product in this state, that's my members, with the capacity to infect an individual with a disease or expose an individual to a genetically modified material. This past week, when most of you were on spring break in uh, Florida enjoying the sun, I sold a load of cattle. That load of cattle that I sold had been double vaccinated with vaccinations that have this mRNA, which I don't know anything about other than I Googled a while ago. And I bought a load of cattle. And you know what I did the next morning after I brought those calves home? I vaccinated every one of those against bovine respiratory disease. Uh, Enough said with that one. This dude is an absolute fucking moron. So that comes on the heel of the Cattlemen's Association denying that any mRNA vaccines are being used. And he's not only a member, but he's telling the the representative house of Missouri that in fact, he did double vaccinate with mRNA vaccine. So clearly there, as Thomas Wren shows in his, in his true social post, somebody didn't get the memo that morning. Right. So, you know, that tells us that either he's lying or somebody else. He he didn't seem to be lying. He seemed to be telling the truth from his own experience. So it would seem to me that the heads of the Cattlemen's Association in that particular, you know, one don't have their, their ducks in a row. So clearly something's going on there, but to err on the side of caution, you know, my wife and I, what we did recently 
a few months back actually. And it wasn't because we thought anything was coming down the pipe, but a good buddy of mine bought a couple cows and uh, we went in half on one. So we're paying half each month of the cost for the feed, the cost for the hay and care of the, the bovine. But basically we're going to harvest that cow in a few months once it's up to the right weight. And we know who it is and where it's coming from and that it won't be, you know, double vax for MRNA. So those are things you can do and also get to know your Amish and local Mennonites. Mm -hmm. If you're in an area fortunate enough to, to be in an area where you have Mennonites or Amish people living, because, you know, we're down the road from us, we get raw milk and we also get natural butter and yogurt all made without hormones, without RSBT or whatever the RSPV bovine yep, hormone, RSPV. whatever. The, so, you know, these are things that we can do to be proactive, to keep our health and the health of our children. But ultimately you look at all these food factories that have been burning down and it's not so much concern for me personally, because it's all processed garbage anyways. But what drew the line here for me was that this is, you know, the living, you know, when I shop at the store, I tend to shop around the outside, mm -hmm. right? The vegetables, the dairy, the meat, and I stay out of the aisles as much as possible. So you try to get as much of a living, you know, uh, diet as, as you can so that you're eating more healthy and whatnot. But ultimately now it's affecting that, as you said earlier with the, you know, messing with the vegetables, which they've been doing for a very long time. But now that they, who knows how long they've been doing the mRNA and in, in vegetables, it could be quite a lot longer than we thought. But ultimately, the difference between vegetables and, and the living organism is, I don't think with the vegetables, there's quite the reproduction of these lipid particles and other things like that. So you're literally, when you inject it into a living being, it's a factory, right? Right. So it, it produces more of the enzymes that then shed and can uh, basically infect people that would otherwise not want it in their bodies at all. So, again, I think the, the proactive approach is just the best advice I can give to folks. Has anybody reached out to the, the National Cattlemen's Association to that guy in particular and asked for him to come on a show or get his comment on this? Because he, he seems like a, a not a very intelligent human being. And he even declares, <laughs> I'm, I'm not very smart. And uh, to understand that what, what he is actually doing. You know, to my knowledge, I, I don't have a lot of information on the actual house proceedings, who that gentleman was by name. Tom Rents would be a really good guy to interview about those things. Yeah. He seems to be on the pulse of it, really super hardcore. And uh, Hallie, hopefully if she doesn't get in, that maybe she could give us an extended um description of how we can contact people and get a hold of folks or even watch live hearings. You know, I haven't really been interested in a lot of the Missouri politics. I'm not sure if they even broadcast live for the house representatives in the state of Missouri or not, but that's all stuff that we can find out. Um, ultimately, I think uh, you may even be able to attend these sessions in person in the gallery. And uh, that's more of things that we're going to just need to look into and get more involved as time moves on. Well, yeah, so I'm actually on their website right now, and the the NCBA, who they are, the NCBA.org, and, and I recommend everybody go out there and start blowing up their website and send in information to them that, um, why? Ask, just asking them questions. Why are you 
vaccinating these cows with the mRNA COVID vaccine that's going to go and people are going to eat this. And do you understand this? And they represent every single state out there uh, that is they. So it's uh, let me see how many states it is. It's 43 qualified state beef councils is what they represent. And, you know, the real pushback here for this is going to come from us to them is when they see that people are actually concerned about this and people don't want this. Because you got to remember, this association, the reason they're doing this is because they're most likely being paid by the pharmaceutical companies. They're getting some type of back-end deal by the pharmaceutical companies where they funnel money in and they buy these vaccines really cheap, they put them into the cows, and now their organization gets a boost and everybody gets some fat bonuses. That's why this is happening. And we need to nip this at the bud. And so the, the first point is the ncba.org, guys, ncba.org. They have a contact page. I would say we need to get on there and start sending them information as why are you poisoning our food with mRNA vaccines? This is a major concern. And then we, we have some PDFs here. Um, and Matt, if you want to go over these, I'll pull this first one up right here. Concerning Missouri HB 1169 and what you can do. You're muted, Matt. Let me mirror that on my end because it's a little small for me to see, but that's uh, concerning Missouri HB 1169. So the product disclosure to require labeling of products with potential gene-altering therapies. Uh, there's the link there. Again, in the chat on the Rumble and as a comment, I put the links to my Telegram posts that have these documents as well. So in support of this bill, they're asking that they please make phone calls and emails to everyone on the Emerging Issues Committee. That's in the Missouri House of Representatives, I believe. Mm -hmm. Emerging Issues Committee is who's debating whether or not this will actually go to the floor for a vote. So in particular, the three representatives who have said they're likely to vote no on the bill and the Speaker of the House and floor, these individuals are likely to vote no, Representative Dane Deal, and Jeff Farnan and Dave Hinman. And their emails are there. So anybody wants to email, especially citizens in the state of Missouri, will probably have a little more weight. I encourage you all to get those emails and check that out. Now, the Speaker of the House, Dean Plotcher, there's his number as well as his email. He's the one who is considered to be the rhino who's holding this up in that um emerging issues committee. So he's definitely someone to send an email to. And then on the floor, there's John Patterson. Now, those who are in strong support of the bill are Holly Jones, of course, and Bill Hardwick. And the relevant links underneath those documents, underneath those uh, particular email addresses and whatnot, are basically, if you can download this whole document right off my telegram and send it, include it as an attachment, to send to these people. So this gives you just what I could gather just over the last four or five days, I threw these links into there. And obviously when you, when you open any of these, they're gonna give you information about this. So of course in the EU, which was interesting because this all happens to drop at the same time we're putting this podcast together, but in the EU, they're already putting insect proteins into school lunches, into different, uh, products that are being sold on supermarket shelves, and they have not 
nor are they going to label that these ingredients are in the food supply. So this is happening, I know for sure, in the UK. Mm -hmm. Now, this article on Breitbart goes into, I think it's France as well, but ultimately they have no plan to clearly label food containing insects or insect proteins. So all these links basically will take you to uh, information. And as a document, you can just snatch that and uh, drop that into an email and send it off to your you know, representatives. And if you want to quickly pull up the other document, I'll just run through this real yep. quick too. Give me and this is, there it is sure thing. So this is basically a document I put together, which gives you links to the United States Congress. This lets you contact your senators. Now, I strictly put this together from my personal county of Dent, where I live, where Salem, Missouri is. But anybody can, you know, alter this document and add their own representatives. But I pretty much grabbed, you know, the eight of the total 435 who are our district reps in the state of Missouri. And I, I made this particularly for Missouri so that I could spread it around to people in Missouri in particular to get them, you know, and as well as uh, the executive branch, I pulled that up so that people can, you know, click on any of those and contact any of the executives in the, uh, in the Missouri uh, executive branch in Jeff city. So, and then of course the judiciary, which I just threw in there, but basically there's everybody you need to contact in the U S house, U S representative Senate Capitol building altogether as well as the Missouri legislature. So these are things you can do. You can pull these links off your own state government website, put them into a quick document, create a PDF out of that and attach it to the email that you send to all your different representatives or contacts who can actually effectively vote for the kind of legislation. Now it's important to note too, that Hallie is also working with five other states to get this kind of a bill sponsored in those other states. I don't know which five those are, and it may be more now since mm -hmm. a lot of these stories have dropped. It's a hot button issue. And I think it's just going to continue to expand until more and more people, you know, get a hold of it and, and grok it and get it out there. So ultimately, you know, it's great news to hear that, you know, Missouri may be the first to show me state, but it is not the only one that is taking this issue seriously because now they have a direct line into our bodies and we need to put up defensive walls to keep this stuff out. At least at the very, very least have the option to know what food contains it and then what food doesn't so that we can pick a safe alternative. Right. It, it, and notice for everybody out there, the, the bill doesn't stop the MRNA vaccines from being put into the beef and the cattle. Correct but instead labels them as such to where when you're getting them, you can know. And I mean, listen, this is, this is atrocious. And this, and this is why I say that, yes, call your representatives. Yes. Make sure and start looking at your own state's bills. If you guys have cattle or, or livestock producers in your, and this isn't just going to be cattle guys, this is going to be pigs and chickens and everything. Start looking for bills out there start seeing if the cattle associate if they're doing it in missouri they're doing it everywhere guys we have to understand this and start just pressing hard on the cattle association just start sending them emails like you're poisoning my food i'm never going to buy your products please send me a list of every freaking name brand product that you guys utilize done 
my money's going elsewhere. We need to do what we just did the Budweiser to these motherfuckers because this is, this is bad. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, what, what's it going to take folks? I mean, obviously we, many of us headed them off at the pass when it came to getting these injections directly stuck into our bodies, but this is sneaky and it needs to be called out. We need to shine the light on it. And as evil often does runs and hides when the lights turn on, you know, that's when the cockroaches scatter. So the more people that can shine the light of consciousness on this and bring it to the forefront of other people's attention, the greater the opportunity and the chance we have to, to head this thing off the pass. And as a starting point, again, it's not the perfect solution. The perfect solution would be to completely do away with these MRNA jabs altogether, but we're not in that position yet. So we got to win these small battles. We got to form our loose alliances, you know, with people we may not even agree with, but we can agree that the food supply is one of the last straws in a line in the sand that we should all defend vigorously. I agree. And, you know, if they're able to, and my assumption is they're already doing this. This is already happening. We probably already ate MRNA vaccined food. And the question is, is I, I know Tom Rents had put a few things up on this, but how susceptible are our human beings for this is, can that actually happen through ingestion? I mean, it, it doesn't make much sense that through ingestion, you can be vaccinated the MRNA vaccine, but I don't know, even know if that's what they're trying to do. I think what they're trying to do is just get that spike protein into the system to produce the antibodies and, and let it just take off from there. Um, I, I haven't read the science too much, but um, th this is a scary factor, guys. This is, mm -hmm. this is really scary. And I would offer this little caveat too. If you remember Dr. Russell Blaylock, who did the, uh, study on aspartame. Mm -hmm. He showed that aspartame consumption is cumulative. It's not that drinking, you know, a 12 pack of diet Cokes in a year's time is going to hurt you. It's when you drink two or three a day over, you know, five or six years that you end up with all kinds of bodily dysfunctions. So I would imagine that the concern, at least for me, is, is the cumul accumulation of this stuff in your body over a period of time. So obviously the more beef you eat, if it's got this stuff in it, it's going to be a cumulative effect. It's going to build up until it reaches a toxic level. And that could be months to years. We don't know. That's the whole point, right? Is labeling it. So we have the option at the very least. Yeah. And if you're a hunter, <laughs> buy some extra ammo this year, because you're going to need to go out and you're going to have to kill your own because, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm don't even want to go out there right now and buy meat unless I know where it's came from. And that I know that those people um, that are growing the grass fed beef that we're eating is not injecting these, these bovine with these MRNA vaccines or the, or the hogs. It, this is, yeah, this is scary. This is, mm -hmm. this is an attack on our food supply on our food freedoms. And I think that this isn't just something that concerns Missourians. This isn't just something that concerns people who eat meat. This concerns everybody. This is going to be a very, very big problem. And if you wanted to think about how they were going to reduce the population down to 500 million, well, here you go. This is it right, right. here. Yeah. And it's, it's good to talk to your local <laughs> meat packers, be it the Mennonites, the Amish, the local ranchers and farmers that you live around, especially if there's any meat 
cutters or processors or butchers in your area. We have a couple stores in our area. So I'm going to make it a point to stop by these places and actually speak to these folks and, and just let them know what's out there. Give them a heads up, you know, cause a lot of people, especially the Mennonites or the Amish, they don't read the news. Yeah. You know, they don't typically, even though they do their own slaughtering and things like that, um, it's good just to let them in on this information as a, as a courtesy, you know, you'd want to be informed, wouldn't you? So give the opportunity to others and just keep getting this out there until it becomes a hot button issue, which it actually is, but it could be hotter and should be. And I think every bit that we do to bring it out to the world is a safety in the end. You know, we're protecting ourselves by getting this, this uh, topic of discussion out into the open. Right. And, and I've even heard things in the sense that they're going to go out in the nature and, and start trying to enter these mRNA vaccines into um, deer and, and various different birds, so on and so forth, that are huntable animals. And, it, I, you know, the more and more I look at this, the more and more I gaze into what's happening and they can say, well, you know, this is science. This is technology. This is what's best. No, no, no. Nature is what's best for, for society. Allowing nature to do what nature does. If if nature's going to create a virus that goes out there and kills off all the deer, then nature's going to kill off all the deer. That's just the way it's supposed to be. But we can attribute to a lot of those bacteria and virus infections that actually occur within wildlife, whether it's the um, the the deer syndromes and so forth, to the the expansion of 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 human beings into their domain and territories of them going out there and eating processed foods and stuff like this. This is what actually causes these things. But when we start looking at this, this, this is, this is like, there's someone or something attacking humanity and they're doing it subtly. They're doing it very, very methodically and strategically. And they're trying to eliminate an entire race of people from this planet and they have all the time in the world and they're just taking small incremental steps one at a time. And I know I sound like a wacko conspiracy theorist when I say that, but if you take a step back, this is what it looks like. That's the 30,000 foot view. I mean, you study conspiracy long enough, two decades. Okay. You should really come out of this at the second decade, the end of the second decade, realizing that what you just said is the entire motivation for everything that's happening that we call, you know, BS or that we don't like, or that affects our liberties, our daily freedoms. This is all about in the very end of the day, melted down like butter. It's all about population control. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly the kind of actions and things that a psychotic, criminally insane, psychopathic elite would do. You know, the Harari's and the Gateses and the, you know, these um, just people that are out of their minds that, that have hell bent desire to control the planet have this very thing as their foundation. It's all about eugenics, population control, and post-birth abortion. Getting rid of people is number one. Okay. And when you understand that, it's real easy to see why domino number one got to domino number 1000 and how those steps came to pass. And you start to really understand that, Hey man, if I'm not defending myself against this, I'm going to be the next domino to fall. So folks, you really got to just 
once you understand that, you don't have to wonder why it's happening. You don't have to think, how can people do this? Or who's behind them? Or what is it? Is it off world? Is it inner earth? It doesn't matter. The point is that you have a defense against this because you realize that you're also a target, that your parents, your children, your grandchildren are targets when it comes to this. And we need to start thinking in that, you know, as, as I've heard many times from different folks and, you know, to, to hunt the tiger in the long grass, you need to think like the tiger. So once you understand what motivates these people, and it is total obliteration of the human race, that whole of, you know, reducing the population down to, as the Georgia Guidestones prior to being exploded, uh, said 500 million, which is manageable. Manageable by who? right? The mm. same people telling us to take these vaccines are the ones that want to manage us. So the question comes down to, are you going to be managed? Are you manageable material? Do you want your life to be completely run by AI? And, you know, I, I said to someone on a interview recently, we were talking about how they want to download their consciousness into, into uh, <laughs> microchips and computers. I said, I wish they would, so we could pull the fucking plug on them. <laughs> you know? But that, that'd be a way to get rid of them, right? All these elites. Yeah, exactly. Pull the plug or bomb the facility. But I'm, I'm with Arnold Schwarzenegger in one aspect, and that's from the movie Predator. If it bleeds, we can kill it. We're not the only thing. You know, we're not just the hunted. We can also hunt. We can also do work that that gives us a defensive posture, makes us less permeable to attack, and and builds our defenses. And these are just little things that we can do, like, supporting bills like HB 1169. Yep. 100% man. And, and if you don't have a bill like that in your state, you need to start pressing your, your local representatives to get those bills in there because we need to be as well informed as possible about what is being put into our food. Because, you know, if we go back 50 years ago, they started putting things into our food that we didn't know about. And you can go look at pictures of the beaches in the 1970s and see thin, muscular, you know, human beings walking around. And now you look at the beach picture and you got a whole bunch of whales walking around. And I'm no spring chicken, but I'm telling you, it's because of the food. The food has been poisoned. We eat poison. We denutralize, denutriented poison is what we eat. And then they sell the nutrients back to us as supplements, which aren't even high quality. And so we need to get freedom of our food. We need to become food independent. And if, if that means no longer paying the big grocery stores our money for the beef, then so be it. You know, anything with their stamp on it, we need to start saying no. Just use our money and say no and start sourcing things from local ranchers. Now, it's interesting, too, because we talk about the banking crisis a lot on here. Mm -hmm. And the banking crisis... People are saying like, oh, the, the fad of the banking crisis is over. Thank goodness. No, it's not. $129 billion, or $119 billion last week was pulled out of the banks. $129 billion the week before. Over three months, $140 billion the three months prior. Last year alone, over $1 trillion. This is the deposit information. This is the deposits that those banks need to stay stabilized. And all that money's being pulled out and put into all different types of new investments. Just like we can take down the banks by pulling our money out, we can take down these bad decisions by the Cattle Ranchers Association by pulling our money out 
of their product. If nobody's buying it, guess what? They're going to they're gonna start reconsidering the decisions they make. Like Budweiser most likely is reconsidering the decision they made right now with a big old slap to the hat to their face. Like, why did we hire this woman and let her just do this? And I'm, I can't believe she's not fired yet, but it, it's just unbelievable to watch this world, this woke world kind of wallow in their own misery because the people, the, the power of the people is true and real. And we can take our money and say, fuck you. And, and that's the beauty of this. And that's what people need to start doing is when you go to the grocery store, you need to be like, hey, where did this meat come from? And if it doesn't have any labels on it and you don't know, you're not buying it. And so go out there and start buying something else. You're going to go over to your friend's house. Be like, dude, where'd you get this meat? Oh, throwing some burgers on there. Where'd you get it? Oh, well, you know, grocery store. I ain't eating that shit. Bring your freaking own meat. And he'll ask a question. Why? Why am I? Why? Why are you doing that? Because they vaccinate that shit. And he's going to go white as a freaking ghost. We need to start pushing back against this. We need to start going out there. And, and protesting for the freedom of our food. You know, we've let big corporations for too long, too much private interest for too long, go out there and infringe upon our light, rights, our liberties, and our freedoms. And we need to take that stand and we need to fight back. No one politician that we put into power is ever going to come, is ever going to rise to that level where they're going to be able to take all of them down. No Congress that we put in the power is ever going to go out there and begin to turn all this around. The only way that that happens, the only way that turning all this around is with you, your money, and your choices, and your decisions. And that's right. Restaurants. Just think of what happens when you go into a restaurant. They bring you bring you out a big old 18-ounce steak. Hmm. With mRNA included because you know they're sourcing it directly from these types of ranchers because those cattle ranchers associations have those deals with those big restaurants. Yeah, that's well said. I mean, ultimately the proactive approach is get out there. You can talk to, like I said, local cattlemen, local butchers, you can buy a cow and raise it. You can, if you don't have the place to raise it, you can go in with somebody who does, or you can split a cow four ways. You can split it eight ways. But ultimately, it's it's not you're going to end up saving more money than you would buying in bulk. Anytime you buy in bulk, you're going to save. It's an expense right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, over time, it pays off. So it's one thing I've started doing for the last several years is buying in bulk. And it's it's just it's really efficient to do so. But ultimately, there's just a thousand options. And we need to start looking at doing things in a different way, like you said, um, this this is what I would call building the parallel society or the replacement civilization. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go to war necessarily, like a physical outright onslaught of war. Not saying that it won't happen, but we shouldn't plan for that necessarily. That's the last defense. But what we can be doing, as um, Buckminster Fuller said, don't go to war with the existing system. Build a new one that makes the old one obsolete. So let's start building these, you know, local meat processing plants, things of that nature, start hyping up the discussion, find the people who are with you and your beliefs as well that stand with you against these things and ask, what are the alternatives? If we each put a thousand dollars in, maybe we could get John Q butcher started in a place where we can get certain ranchers that refuse to do this MRNA vaccine 
injections and start putting the meat in there and we agree to buy so much per month or every three months or whatever and suddenly you've got a new little co-op going and that's that's the things we can do i mean we're efficient we're not people that you know take life lying down nobody i know who i consider to be a true patriot is laying down at this moment there's right. just no time for that the time for action is now the time for thinking and planning was years, you know, the last three years, we should be out there being active and proactive in order to uh, no longer let the title of consumer, con-sumer, be what fits you. Let's be pro-sumers, people. Mm. All right. Let's be professionals about this and start prosuming the items and the uh, services that we want. And we can build these parallel systems and alternatives that will replace this dying model because it is dying. You know, you rightly said that the banks are, you know, this is not the end. This is just the beginning of the turmoil they're going to unleash on us. But, you know, again, I've written a Substack article on sound currency. Uh, Missouri, as well as many other states, used to print their own currency prior to the Federal Reserve. We had our own currency in the state of Missouri, as well as many other states. And that's an option. We have printing presses all over these different states that could contract with the government to print money to replace these fiat dollars that have absolutely no value, these debt notes, if you will. So there are options. It just write your state senators, get get people thinking about these things, you know, because that's what it's going to take. New ideas need traction. And in order to get traction, they need action. Well, and to that point, Texas just introduced a bill last week to um, to return uh, to to create a digital currency that is backed upon gold for Texas. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is a signal and a sign of things to come. To me, that is a sign that Texas is starting to move towards its own independence, um, moving away from the federal tyranny. And I, I mean, I proposed this last week that if you saw that, you would see states like Oklahoma, Missouri, Louisiana, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, all follow suit and follow Texas out the door. And this is uh, the national divorce idea is probably one of the best ways that we have in this country to fight against the federal tyranny. Because once they start losing the power of the states, their authority dwindles massively because that means that the people are falling right behind those states as well. And uh, that's when they will basically be forced into the decision to become a totalitarian state and use the military to go into those states and remove the, the duly elected uh, politicians, or they have to acquiesce to the power of the states. And then it becomes a constitutional crisis, which I think we're all pushing for. I think we're all pushing for states, Texas to start standing up and saying, okay, we're done. See you guys. Who wants to join us? And everybody just leaves with them. And they start basically pressing charges on the federal government. That This is what needs to happen. And these are real discussions actually happening within yep. these state assemblies. And that's got a name. It's called the Convention of States. And currently, I think there's 21 states that have signed a Convention of States within their own state. So if it gets to 34, and then it needs a total of 36, I believe, if I'm right, um, then the basically those 36 states can literally and I mean this literally, fire the federal government. Yep. So that's like the nuclear option, basically. But, you know, I, I think we should absolutely consider that. There's a great website on the Convention of States. If you just type that in, you'll, you'll come to uh, their main site that 
lets you know what you can do to be proactive again proactivity and being a prosumer is what's going to lead us out of this hellhole that we're all headed to so build the parallel society so that we have a safety mechanism that we can get on you know it's time to board the lifeboats it, it absolutely is and i mean we've talked about parallel systems and and typically when we think of parallel system we think um economy right economically um but we need to start doing this now, especially if you're in a blue state, you need to start collaborating with these local neighborhoods and getting all these red counties and these red neighborhoods all on the same boat to say, if, if stuff goes down, if stuff starts hitting the fan, then we need to bind together and not recognize that state authority because that blue state authority is going to come on down top of you like a sledgehammer. Um, so Matt, what are your thoughts on what we see here in the next three to six months as all of this begins to unfold? The, the, the aspect with the food, we have the, the adverse reactions from the COVID vaccine that were already happening. We have political destabilization. We have massive uh, destabilization within our currency and money systems. What are your thoughts on what's going to happen here in the next few months? Well, I've, I've said this many times, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, we've got to hit bottom, as it were. Um, I know the Convention of States idea has been around a while and it's been at 21 for a while, but, you know, the right conditions happen, it could jump. And ultimately, um, I would say the best thing people can do is prepare. Uh, Lori and I got a freeze dryer uh, some four or five months ago, and already we've got about two to three years worth of dried food Mm. stored, which lasts up to 25 to 30 years. And it's fun. She loves it. It's her hobby. So she's constantly doing that. And, uh, you know, as well as canning, grow your own food, get a garden going. Because I think over the next three to six months, we're going to continually see, I mean, this is weaponization. This is, this is call it CIA intelligence agencies, whoever's behind this destabilization of our government system, which is really what is happening here. Uh, In order to have a global government structure, there cannot be any first world nations in this global government. So who is the freest, who is the the only country in the history of the world to declare to all monarchies on earth that we are not under your control any longer? You know, say what you will about this government, this experiment, you know, the founding fathers were Masons, they declared war against other Masons. So, you know, People can say what they want, but ultimately everything we've ever enjoyed has come out of this stance against these monarchical forces that basically look at human beings as being serfs. And they know that the serfs are easy to manage, easy to control, but free men with who are inculcated with ideas of liberty and human rights and rights of freedom given by God, not government. These are the most dangerous people on earth. They're uncontrollable. So the only thing you can really do is start attacking the systems that made this kind of freedom possible. So they're undermining basically this Republic, you know, and it's, it's hanging by thread. And that is the actual uh, modus operandi here. It's not to take over the government what they're trying to do is literally destroy it so that the only thing that will be left is the solution. They create the problem. People react, 
And the solution is a world government controlled by people that we don't even elect. And that's when it's really going to get fun. But ultimately, what I think people should always keep in the back of their mind is that, you know, as Tessarian said, freedom is attitudinal. You got to keep the freedom attitude. You know, I'm not going there. I'm not going to do what these people say. I will disobey and I will disobey uh, to a great end if I'm pushed to such a degree and be ready for it. You know, what would you do to protect your family against this onslaught? And the answer should be anything, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes so that I don't have to live on my knees, you know, and that's, that's my mantra. I'd rather die fighting than live on my knees. And I think everybody that has the heart, that burning fire of liberty within their soul is going to agree with that statement and whatever you have to do, however you have to do it at the end of the day, there's only one option in my mind and that's to remain free. (laughs) Well said, Matt, and and I agree with you that uh, that I'll go down fighting before I ever let this country fall to tyranny uh, beyond what this control factor is right now. Because it, it, it is time, guys. I mean, we are at that junction. We are at that moment in the time in our of our history of this country where this country is under severe attack, and it's not attack from the outside adversaries. Attack from within. It's from the people, the radical individuals that are already in place within the high powerful positions, politics, within private organizations and private think tanks and corporations. They are working against you and me right now to bring this country down to its knees. And I know a lot of people are out there like, well, you know, it's not that bad, man. Well, yeah, it's not that bad now, but it's going to get real bad real fast. All you need to chip away at that foundation is for one little crack to happen and occur that the whole thing comes tumbling down. And that happens overnight. And that's kind of where we're at right now. If they've been chipping away at the foundation for decades, and now they are ramping up their attack. And the reason they're doing that is because they know the foundation is weakened. And if they ramp up their attack, they can collapse it once and for all for good and usher in the solution, which they already have the precedent laid for what it is. We know what that solution is. It is social credit scores. It is digital, the central bank digital currencies on a centralized blockchain that track and monitor everything that you do. It is putting you into 15 minute cities and pulling you directly out of nature. It is controlling every aspect of your life so you can own nothing and be happy. It is giving you universal basic income. It is locking you out of your apartment when you criticize society. It's locking you out of your money, your bank accounts, your your cars, any of the assets that you think you have and own when you criticize a politician or when you speak up to your boss. That's the society that they're moving towards, and that's the society they want. And they're going to try to get it as hard as they possibly can until we push back and fight and say no more. That's well said, and I'll turn the interview table around here, but I know you just got uh, exited off of YouTube. You want to I talk did. about that real quick? That's That that blew me away. Well, let's just say I wasn't surprised, but it was just a matter of time, right? So tell us about that. It's my fourth account. So fourth? we went from, yeah, I had Damn. went from 170,000 to 70,000 to 30,000 to this one with 5,000 and they, they just keep on deleting me. And mm. and the funny thing is, is um, they hit me on a vid the last. So the last video that they hit me on, on YouTube was um, 
who was it? I want to say it was Michael Cremo. It was Michael Cremo. Like, we we never mentioned anything about mRNA vaccine, and it was it was basically spreading medical disinformation, is what they said. And we didn't talk, have any convert. Oh no, Lynn Buchanan. Lynn Buchanan. <laughs> and so remote viewer, right? He's he's mm-hmm. 82 years old. Never we never mentioned the word. And I wrote him back and I said, Hey, I got a transcript of this whole video. There's not one mention of medical disinformation in here. They said, too bad. And then this weekend, uh, we accidentally left a stream, uh, the the thing on restream clicked. So when another channel went live on our channel, they streamed on our YouTube. And that was it. That was the nail that uh, went into the coffin. And so, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do anything else in the sense of these types of podcasts on YouTube. I might do start doing a crypto one, crypto and, and finance, uh, kind of a financial podcast. Mm-hmm. Might start something like that on there. Um, but it depends. I mean, it's YouTube isn't what it used to be. It's incredibly difficult to get a really good following once you get uh, a red mark on you. And so on YouTube, at least, and, and Rumble seems to be ramping up their advertising, their marketing, although I think they're a little out of touch with uh, their audience because they're pulling in all these YouTube stars and paying them all types of money and not caring about the people that actually brought people into Rumble. But uh, but yeah, YouTube is, uh, I, I think YouTube potentially could be a dying breed is uh, yeah. 10 years from now, we, we might not even know who the hell they are. Right. Any plans to resurrect? Um, as for YouTube, no, there's, uh, what am I going to do? I mean, I, I've, I've, we were just doing conversations on the fringe there and, uh, you know, you get various different guests on that show and, you know, these are supposed to be like mainstream people and you get like an NYU professor comes in there and he's talking against the vaccine on YouTube and you're like, what the, you can't, you know, every conversation usually is leading to that now, at least in the conspiracy world. So it's just not a good platform. And, and, and for everybody out there, right. there's a lot of channels out there on YouTube that made it through the purges. And they say, well, we use code words. No, no, they're allowed to be out there. Just remember that. Cause I can, I can name a few of them right now and I don't, don't want to put any names out there, but just saying there's some yep. of them out there are allowed to be there. Because not necessarily because of them themselves, because a lot of the guests that they have on are most likely disinformation artists and they want to pump that into the system. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to focus, try to find another platform to build out on other than YouTube with something. Uh, and nothing has the same audience, but YouTube's audience has shifted as well. It's more of a younger generation, more of like kids. It's moving towards that type of content as well. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I find that interesting. Um Basically, I've managed to hold on to, to my account, but I'm not, again, somebody that podcasts regularly right. there. But ultimately, what is the best platform that you, you've encountered so far? What do you think people should definitely gravitate toward? Well, the, the best platforms that I found for getting the information out there, and I'm recommending this to everybody out there as well, um, is is have a voice. Get out there and use your voice. Um, Rumble is up and coming and good. Rumble's a great platform. Um, Podbean, Podbean. If you don't know what it is, go check it out. You can download their app, but they also distribute to all other different types of podcasting platforms. That's actually our biggest audience is Podbean. Um, I think we got like 63,000 people uh, on Podbean. Um, but 
Facebook is still, I mean, Facebook, I mean, Facebook has been great to us ever since we brought our, uh, our profile back on there and we're sitting at a little under 19,000 subscribers on Facebook and uh, we've had no problems with Facebook since. So Facebook is a good platform. Mm-hmm. Rumble's a good platform. Um, D live is great. D live. I mean, we don't have a great following there. They don't put us out or distribute us. People have to find us organically on there, but uh, D live. I've never had any problems whatsoever on D live, except for the fact that they will not They have different tiers of an influencer on, on D live. And uh, every time I submit for the third tier, which is the top tier, they decline me because of my content. Gotcha. Yeah. I had a buddy of mine, Jason Verbelli, just, he had several, I think nine or 900 something to a thousand videos on his YouTube channel and uh, more than a couple hundred thousand subscribers. And he's doing alternative science, right? Just Mm -hmm. alternatives to the big bang alternatives to this, you know, idea of magnetism, things like that. Well, they flagged 700 of his videos and, and canceled his account, blocked him out, deleted it, basically banned him. And they cited medical misinformation, but he never once had anything to do with medicine on the entire, any of the videos he did. So it's really, you know, going to these alternative platforms is like having alternative food sources. You know, what is the nourishment for the mind in terms of media is also some similar to what are we going to nourish ourselves in terms of food, you know, and food production, things like that. I did a, a video series, just two short videos called death at freedom's door, but it's a, it's a good series. If people want to check that out, you can still find it. It's also up at rumble, but just talks about, you know, the COVID thing in March of uh, 2020 kind of incited what I thought was coming down the pipe and it did exactly come to pass. And, and it's interesting to me that, that Fauci is, is now saying that there's going to be a, another plague or pandemic in 2024, right during the uh, presidential cycle. You, you uh, following that at all? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting too, because I'm, I'm following a lot of aspects and I was just looking at this is that, you know, a lot of uh, financial analysts are saying that the dollar is not going to collapse because of many of these countries have it in the reserves. Uh, Macron just came back from China and he said, we need to move away from the United States. We're going to start. This is a, a NATO ally, another NATO mm-hmm. member. Um, now you have Lulu from Brazil going to China and he's going to come back and he's going to say the same thing. And then, Egypt and these these leaked uh, Pentagon documents, Egypt was selling missiles to Russia, which they're a NATO member, like they're one of our strongest allies in the Middle East. So this is not good for the United States right now or for the West. Um, and I was talking about this the other night on a, um, a Twitter space. Well, Twitter spaces, by the way, are another platform that is fantastic. You would absolutely just thrive. I let me know when you're free. I'll bring you in to a Dustin, Dustin and Jen's channel when we have conspiracy night, Tuesday nights. Cool. Oh God, man. Yeah. Great channel. Um, but what we're going to see, I think here is we're going to see some type of controlling, um, event, some event that's going to occur within the next 12 months. That's going to be a controlling factor event. So this is most likely going to be global financial collapse or the outbreak of world war three. Because once you enter into the election year, they want to make it so that they're cleaning everything up. 
or they're going to hide that under the guise of another outbreak of something. So they potentially will go out there because a lot of states are coming out and changing the laws saying, hey, look, the uh, secretary of state can't change the laws without going through Congress. So we could potentially see another outbreak of something 2024. My theory was, and and I looked at the symbolism for Donald Trump's indictment and uh, arraignment here as this this uh, this reasoning is Donald Trump was indicted on the 42nd anniversary of Ronald Reagan's assassination attempt. Mm-hmm. He was arraigned on the 55th anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination. So right. that is a massive symbolic sign by the CIA telling Donald Trump, don't run for president. And that's how scared they are. It's that they're willing to go out there and utilize that level of symbolism against him because they know how powerful he is and they can't necessarily martyr him, but they will martyr him because they rather deal with the backlash of that than deal with him. Uh, Which means that they don't want him to run for president. And if he continues into 2024, they have to have some event that either cancels the election altogether, stops the election from happening, military law, martial law, whatever, um, has a massive cataclysm type of event that shows that the Democrats can rule, they can go out there. I think what we're going to have is we're going to have an economic collapse this year. And by the end of this year, in 2024, they're going to bring it back up in a V-shaped recovery and show that Joe Biden is the one that did this, giving them momentum into 2024 at the same time a pandemic's happening. And, and it's just going to be absolute chaos, I think, the next three years. But uh, I'm, I'm weary of whether we're going to have an election or not in 2024. Yeah, those are all good points. I think, again, you know, as far as what can people do about it, you keep learning keep studying and prepare, right? Well, what's your, uh, you have a certain prep advice that you give to folks? Um, yeah, gold, silver, and brass to cover your ass. Uh, <laughs> you know, get some gold and silver, have some. If like, I got a lot of people like, dude, I don't have money. Like, dude, you got 28 bucks. Go out and buy an ounce of silver. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't have to go out and buy much. Just if you can buy an ounce a month, buy an ounce a month. You right. know, people are like, I don't have money to buy extra food. Go when you go to the grocery store, get two eighty-seven cent cans of corn, mm-hmm. buy them, right? Do whatever you can do. Start saving money. Start looking at your budget and your finances. See what you can do. If you have a mortgage, if you have car loans, these types of things, these are the scary things. Because if we use nineteen twenty-nine as an example, the when the bankers took over basically the world, the financial system that produced the Great Depression. What they did is they shorted the market and then called in all the loans from the smaller banks that they were lending to. This is They were able to do this because of the fractional reserve system that was implemented through the Federal Reserve in 1913. This is why we had the, uh, the, uh, the Roaring Twenties. It was because of all this free money coming in and flooding into these smaller banks, being loaned out to farms and businesses and people that actually had real assets and they were wealthy with fake money and they were spending this, but they were, you know, paying the loans back slowly over 30 years. And then in 1929, the bankers called back the loans from the smaller banks. Those banks did not have the deposits or money to substantiate that. And so they foreclosed on that bank. The big banks go and take all the land from all the people that had all the loans. This was the greatest transference of actual real asset-based wealth in the history of this country. Well, we're moving into that all over again, that the banks are going to start calling in all these loans once everything starts collapsing. And this makes a lot of sense is 
once banks start going under, you know, those loans need to get called in when that money came up from high investment firms or the, the big six or the central banks. And so we're about to see another transfer into wealth. I think that that's going to happen this year specifically. And that's going to be the catalyst event that is going to usher in World War III. That's going to usher in a new pandemic because um, I said this from the beginning. They want people sick, homeless, unarmed, hungry, on the streets and begging their government. And what better way to do that is number one, economic collapse, all the assets, houses, cars, everything get taken from people. Can't take your guns with you if you're if you got a, a, some mouths to feed and the only thing you're walking, you're walking away from your old house. You can't even drive your truck because that's getting confiscated, right? So I think that that'll be the first part to happen. And then it'll immediately go into World War III. And the reason I say that's because all able-bodied men would be called up for the war effort and then shipped overseas. And so this makes the United States weak, vulnerable, and prone. And then from there, you'd probably see an outbreak of a virus, which would kill millions upon millions on the battlefield, because that's number one place that they'd be spreading it. And then you'd see it spread throughout here. And this is where systems of of uh, restriction would be implemented. Martial law would be implemented. You'd see upticks in crime. You'd see extremism happening in the United States because all the able-bodied men are across overseas. Uh, the war effort, women would be in the factories making for the war effort. Kids would be in the schools getting indoctrinated. And the, the virus would be running rampant, extremism and all that stuff. And what they would do is this is where you usher in FEMA camps and quarantine camps because it's really easy to take the women and the children because they're the ones that are going to be wanting the help and in fear. And by the time the men come back, it's over. We lost the gotcha. war. It's over. So what do you think, um, as far as preparation, what can people do? I, I know resistance to war is obviously something that needs to, to spread in the minds of men like a, like a brush fire, as Thomas Jefferson would say. Mm -hmm. you know, we don't need to be in foreign conflicts involving ourselves. So throw some solutions. What do you think that people can do to prepare to try to stave this off? Well, number one thing is get your house in order, right? Get mm -hmm. your house in order. So if you live in a small apartment, pick a place, a closet or whatever it is and start saying, okay, this, these are the things that I'm going to need. Um, food, water, ways to make your water clean, because I think that that's the next big war. Um, ways to protect yourself. One methodology to defend yourself, whether it's a 12 gauge shotgun, I wouldn't recommend a pistol. I would recommend a 12 gauge shotgun. Why? Because you can walk away from it the same day from any gun dealer with a background check um, and, and rounds and ammunition for it are really, really cheap and they're highly effective at defending yourself. Um, you can also hunt with them, right? So 12 gauge shotgun, um, food, have at least three to six months of food for you and your family. And, Think about it. And people, are, we're not talking about meals here, people. We're not talking about going and cooking, you know, a whole bunch of food for the family and having leftovers. We're talking about, you know, if you're buying a, a can of corn, that can of corn is going to feed two people for that day. Yeah, they're still going to be hungry afterwards, but they're going to survive. That's kind of the methodology that we have to start thinking about in this strategization here. Um, obviously, gold and silver, other methodologies of barter and trade. If you don't smoke, that's okay. Have a few cartons of cigarettes because you can easily trade those to people who do, who want one. Um, have a few bottles of, uh, of liquor. Number one, high-proof liquor. It's, it's a great antiseptic. It sterilizes, uh, it, it sterilizes surfaces and also can be utilized as trade and barter. Okay? And also great for a nightcap. Um, you can go into that. Uh, then you have uh, community organization. This is the biggest part. 
Start finding people in your community that are like-minded who are doing the same thing. Find people that you can trust as well. The reason I say that is because if someone knows that you're stockpiling a whole bunch of food and a whole bunch of water and a whole bunch of ammunition and they look at you as weak, who knows is when this all happens and knock on the door and next thing you know, they got all your stuff and you're dead. So be careful with who you trust, but make sure that if you're in a small local community that you're going out there and you're getting people collaborated, don't tell them exactly what you have, but start organizing on the front that if stuff does hit the fan, that we know what we need to do is as a community, um, you know, get out of the gun range, shoot, become accurate with your weapon. If you, if you don't know how to use it, find someone that does and have them teach you or train you, um, have a way out of Dodge. I think that that's one of the biggest things. Know where BLM land is. Know how to get to the country if need be. Know how to disappear away from where you are. Know how to, uh, you know, it, and people are like, well, you know, I'll just take the back roads. W what happens when you can't drive? Like, <laughs> there's so much to think about. I mean, but we do, uh, Matt, we do red pill preppers on Sunday where we discuss a lot of these things. They have alternative sources of energy and power. Um, have a handheld radio. Have a, um, the shortwave ham radios, right? Um, right? Have ways to charge these things like solar panels and stuff like that. But there's there's a ton of stuff that you can do out there. Um, in, in Like I said, have the relationship with the ranchers because guess what? If you have a relationship with the ranchers and the farmers and shit goes downhill and you're friends with them, now you have a place to potentially go who's going to need a hand to take care of the defense of their farm from people who want food. So start thinking like somebody who needs to fight for their life to survive. And don't get me wrong. The military is going to be the, one of the biggest, if we, if, if this shit actually happens, if this comes down to it and, and here's the thing is I don't think it's going to get that deep because I think what's going to happen before this is what we talked about is the States are going to start their secession process. You're going to have probably 28 States can join together and say, look, federal government, you guys are done. This is it. You guys got to stop this. This is what's going on. And you're going to have conservatives flocking from blue states into those states. Um, and I think that that's going to be the safe haven. So know where, your, know where your red states are. Know how to get to the next nearest red state, right? Mine, South Dakota, three and a half hours away. Boom, right there. Know exactly how to get there. It's all through backcountry. And basically, probably that whole western side of Minnesota would become part of South Dakota because those people are all red counties. Right. But I think that what's going to happen is there's going to, if this collapse does happen in the next two years, this is going to bring about a civil war. The civil war will be between the red States who have conjoined together in this national divorce against the federal government who would utilize the military for those efforts. The problem is, is once those states succeed, they're going to call back all the people that have joined the military back to their states and integrate them into the National Guard. And those people will gladly come back, especially if they're from Texas. So the military will be heavily um, hit because of that, heavily weakened because of that. Um, but I think it's going to be a shit show. And I think that people just need to look at every various scenario that potentially could happen and how to survive this. Yeah, that's well said. I, I must say I, I, I'm self-grading here, but I think I passed the red pill prep test with a 97. 
There you go. (laughs) I would say this too, being a volunteer firefighter on two departments, one in Virginia and one in Missouri, I will say this, uh, the, the fire department is the heart of a community. Typically, if you're know anybody that's in firefighting or volunteers, you're going to meet some really incredibly great people. So go to your local fire department, see if there's anything you can do to help, to fundraise, to raise money. Uh, It's an interesting statistic, but I heard this back in 2018 in a wildlands class on firefighting for outdoors is that uh, from a lead instructor in the state of Missouri, volunteerism as it is at an all time low in the Hmm. United States. And a lot of the volunteer fire departments are hemming. But if you're going to have any kind of crises in a community, people are going to look to things like fire departments to have meetings at. A lot of fire departments have bingo halls or halls, you know, things like that. And the guys I know on these fire departments, they're patriots through and through. I don't know anybody that's on a fire department that isn't. And just some of the best people you'll ever meet. I mean, there's a time when fire departments used to be made up of, and some still are mayors, councilmen, people that serve in the local government. These are things that you can get involved with. You know, you don't have to run out and put water on fires, but you can support the cause help with dinners, fundraisers, because most of these volunteer fire departments, and that makes up the majority of the rural firefighting force in the United States is volunteers and they depend on contributions and people volunteering and helping. And not only that, you'll get to meet some of the best people in the community, people that are selfless, that want to do things to help other people. You know, and I remember when the uh, left was trying to defund the police, somebody hit me on Facebook saying, well, aren't firefighters racist too? I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, we stopped and ask what color the people are in the house before we go in to help. Give me a fucking break. Right. Just, they look for anything they can to divide, you know, but now honestly, when, when we go on calls, we don't stop to say, Hey, are you LGBT or any of that? We just, we go and we help. That's right. what we do. So, um, you know, having a foundation where you get involved with your community, like you said, as, as a solution oriented approach, the more, you know, about your community, how it's structured, how it works, the local politicians, the mayor, you know, you have this right to go in and introduce yourself and meet these people, find out where they stand, let them hear your issues, your concerns, because that's going to be part of the community approach. No man's an island, you know, and if the shit does hit the fan, which it's likely going to, as I said, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Your forecast, let's hope it doesn't go to the full end but that we can stave it off and turn this thing around, but being proactive with bills like house bill 1169, encourage your, through the documents that we'll provide here, your state representatives, senators, your mayor, your ranchers that, you know, get them involved, let them see the documentation, print it out, leave it at your church, take it to your fire department, take it to the police station and show them your concerns, show them that you're willing to, you know, stand up for something. These are the times that we need courage, but you only need courage when you're afraid, okay? When your strength of character gets built up enough and you've got that strong spirit, that indomitable spirit, you don't need courage anymore because mm-hmm. you're strong and you're going to react. You're going to respond, not react. That's why they call us first responders. 
you know, first reactors just end up in a shit storm. First responders can handle stress. They can handle situations. And so, you know, be the first responder, be the prosumer, get into the local politics, you know, at least get into the, you know, the groups, the, the group orientation that can respond to these crises and have a plan of action. Um, there's a lot of things we can do and relying on, you know, also getting to know your neighbors. That's an important thing. I've got a great neighbor across the street. He likes to shoot a lot. And when I, <laughs> I hear that shooting going on, it's, it's every, every kind of gun you can imagine. I'm hearing the, 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 the reports, right? <laughs> Whenever I hear it, I'm like, honey, that's the sound of freedom. And she just smiles and we know that, you know, he's a good guy. And so just get to know the neighbors around you and uh, prepare as best you can folks. And we're going to make it, you know, I really truly believe that humanity's got a destiny to fulfill and it's not to be programmed uh, with some kind of AI from Yuval Harari's brain. You know, that's, you know, that should be a motivating factor of what we should be defending against. 100% agree, Matt. Uh, man, this, this hour and a half flew by. Yes, sir. Um, guys, you know, go out there. If you're in Missouri, help support that bill. The links are linked up in the description box. Uh, the documents, the PDFs are up in the description box as well. You can find that. Matt has also put them in the chat and rumble. Uh, they go to his Telegram. Please subscribe over there to his Telegram to get more of this great information. Um, the Cattle Ranchers Association, um, if you can, go to their website. And I'm telling you, start, start messaging these people and telling them to stop poisoning our food. And this is, this is big time, guys. I'm telling you right now that this could be the end of humanity if this stuff is allowed to occur and it's already happening. So we need to act fast. Um, we need to start getting legislation within our state that stops this. We need to start going out there and choosing ranchers and farmers um, who do not treat their, their livestock or their, their products with these types of bioweapons, if you want to call it that. So this is all hands on deck. If you guys go out there, check it out. Um, and try to be proactive and get ready and get prepared because they're not going to stop here. They're going to continuously come after us day in and day out. Uh, Matt, you can, we can find you at mattpresty.com. What's your telegram as well? Uh, same thing. T.me forward slash Matt Presty. Perfect. And mattpresty.com at the bottom has all my links to social media, video sites, all that good stuff. Fantastic. Matt, appreciate you, man. Guys, that's all the time we have tonight. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the news and the events happening around the world, which there's a lot to talk about. So get ready for a, a beef packed week of, uh, of totalitarianism coming to America. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys take care. Have a great night. See you next Thanks, time. Thanks, Josh. get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me I patched the game. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. 
frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's a, it's collusive. It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And uh, you know that's the beginning of communism.